how many, last time, two weeks ago, the last time I spoke, I put a challenge out there for everybody to read 10 pages a day for the next two weeks, that was two weeks ago, how many are at least in the third chapter of Acts right now that have actually read from the first of Matthew till the third chapter of Acts right now? Would you stand up? Would you stand up? That is awesome. And, Pastor, and I'm standing too. I wouldn't ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing and I'm not doing myself. And I just think that is awesome that you are, we are, into the third chapter of Acts right now or leaving a little bit further if you actually were on the 10 pages a day. But the other thing, and the thing that I wanted to see, that I think there were eight people that stood up, if I was quick enough to count that, and probably at least 60% of the congregation raised their hand and said, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. It's something that seems so simple, so easy, 10 pages a day, but the reality is we have to create that time, that space, and be diligent to do it. We are in a time, we are in a place that we need to know the Word of God and we need to be familiar with the Word of God. So I, I, one of the reasons that I wanted to do that, I wanted everybody to get there. I, my hope is everybody would get there, but I want everybody to be aware of just how much they're actually reading their Bible. I remember Joy, when I talked about it last Sunday, she goes, that's hard. I say, hard to read 10 pages a day? I timed myself and it takes me less than, less than three minutes, about two and a half minutes to read a page in New King James. That's not, so I was thinking, that's only 25 or 30 minutes a day. So I encourage you once again, let's read our Bible every day. Try it with kids. <laughs> okay. Christy? That's my daughter, that's my kid. I'll try it with her. I just want to share a little, I got to tell a story next. You, you know how interesting, how amazing it is when God works through something in the natural, the physical, to either answer questions or to show us something in the physical, actually from the spiritual, where we're seeking something spiritual and, and, and we're asking him, we're praying and asking for something and then we get signs in the physical. And it's like, oh my goodness, there's my confirmation. Well, I got a big, big confirmation yesterday and then last night in the middle of the night, it's like, oh my goodness, this is Pentecost Sunday. This is a big, big Pentecost Sunday. So I was really looking for what God wants me to share, what we're supposed to do, and especially what I'm supposed to do. The pressure's on me. You think that's funny? <laughs> no. Yeah, me too. It's like, why me, Lord? Uh, and I was, I've been praying about it, and I, and I had a verse that just kept coming to me and kept coming to me, and it wasn't particularly the second chapter of Acts, the first and second chapter of Acts, but we're going there. But it's the next step, the next step. 
I preached two weeks ago about, about becoming disciples. How many disciples? What's a disciple? It's somebody that follows someone. So disciples of Jesus Christ, we are disciples of Christ, right? Everybody with me? Yes, we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to be, and we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, I want to talk... Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm to tell the, tell the story. Yesterday, I was really, I mean, I was praying, I was seeking, and I was reading, and I was studying. And I was, to be completely honest, I was finishing my reading, so I would be completely up to speed with the rest of you that have read from Matthew to the middle of the uh, third chapter of Acts. And then I decided, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to take my Bible with me. The sun is on the other side it's probably about 2, 2.30, somewhere in the afternoon. I'm going to go out on my front porch. We have three rocking chairs out there, so we really look like old people now. We can sit out on the front porch in a rocking chair. I took my Bible out there. I took my notebook out there, and I, I sat in that chair, and, and I had just been studying again in Acts, in the day of Pentecost, and that mighty rushing wind that came in, and the power that came with that. You know what I'm talking about now already. Somebody just spoiled the punchline. Wait, wait. So I'm out there in my rocking chair, and I, I, I put my Bible on my lap, and I, I'm just ready to go back because I've just had the mighty rushing wind, and I'm, I'm thinking about I'm, I'm imagining. A lot of times I just play things out in my head, you know. I, I let it roll in my head so I can kind of experience more, and it's like, yes, Lord. Yeah, this is, this, this is so cool. This is so cool. And, and, and I'm right there, and I still have my Bible in my hand, and I hear this crazy noise. Like, I thought, <clears throat> I thought at first it was like a street sweeper with something hung up under it or something because it was making a, a kind of a growling noise. So I, I set my Bible down, and I'm trying to crane my neck to look around some of the things that we have in the way there a little bit to see what's coming up the hill making all that noise, because it seems pretty still outside. And, and, and the noise increases, so I, Bible, I'm looking and looking, and pretty quickly it gets louder and louder, and then I saw the trees start going, start twisting around up there, and it's like, Oh my goodness, that's the wind. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. So I just sat kind of goofy and just watched that happen. It's like, oh, look at that wind coming. Then the next thing, it's in my yard. And it tipped over the plants. Renee's got a couple of big plant planters out in the corner, right out the very front where, by, where the grass ends and the driveway starts. One tipped over that way and one tipped over that way. Now, that's weird for a wind to do that, but it tipped over that way and that way, and we have these hanging baskets, and they stuff started flying. So I grabbed my Bible. I headed for the door. It's like, good grief, this is crazy wind. And we have one of those doorknobs like that that you have to push down on. That wind was pressing so hard on that door that I couldn't, press that knob down because there was that much pressure against the door. It's like, <clears throat> so I had to pull on it, push the knob, and then the wind blew that door right on open. My house 
was filled with a mighty rushing wind and all the contents that that mighty rushing wind carried. It opened a drawer in the little, whatever that antique cabinet thing right by our door, it opened one of those doors, blew a picture over, blew the frame apart, and all of the leaves that had, <laughs> had gathered were in our new house as well. I just closed that door, it's like, oh my goodness. I got to experience a mighty rushing wind and it filled my house. Renee got home and she goes, what in the world? Who broke this? What, what happened here? I said, we had a mighty rushing wind experience. <laughs> to make it worse, which I realized that I didn't have my notebook. I only made it in with my two Bibles, so I had to run back out there again, and that just added more to the collection and moved it a little further into the house. But I was just like, I went in there and, and, and pondered what had just happened. It's like, my goodness, I'm reading this, I'm looking at this, I'm studying this, and I got to experience the sound, the mighty rushing mighty rushing wind that just came in, invaded my house, made it even difficult to open the door, I say again. It's like, wow, God, that's amazing. Then, 2 o'clock this morning, just a few minutes after, so somewhere around 2 or 2.15, something like that, we got the mighty rushing wind that, that happened in my house, and then about 12 hours later, 2, 2.15, somewhere in that neighborhood, I got up to do get a little bit of exercise in the middle of the night, two o'clock, walk around, the, walked into my favorite room. Then I came back out just in time for a light show, some lightning, and then it sound, looked like, sounded like somebody was throwing rocks at our windows. We have three, three foot by seven foot windows right, right by our bed that we look out. So it's like, like a glass wall and it was like somebody throwing gravel at the window. It's like, what in the world? Light show and then uh, hail. Yeah, it must have been hail because it, it wasn't just rain. Did we have a hail storm? Yeah, it sounded like somebody throwing rocks. And then, so I just watched that. So it took a while to get back to sleep. I'm, I'm experiencing, and, and Renee, she flipped over, saw it too, and decided that we don't have any blinds on those windows. So we really got the whole show. It's like, wow. So this morning I got up early. I, I set my alarm for 3.45. I get up and I get, I'm out to the table and I'm studying again. And I'm thinking, okay, I believe that you have told me, that you have shown me that you're going to do something incredible yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. That nothing is impossible with God. And that so much of that that happened... I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to say that he moved me out at the right time because I do not go out in the heat. I stay in the air conditioning. I just went outside to study my Bible for a while and, and be outside and got to experience that. I have just got, I don't wake up very easy either, so I just got up, did the bathroom trip, came back for the, the other show. It's like, wow. So Renee got up this morning. I'm sitting at the table. I've, uh, uh, the Lord's been showing me some things. I was like, Wow, Renee, come here, come here, come here, come here. I want to tell you some things. 
I start running all of this scenario by her that I've just shared with you. I says, and then this morning, I said, I'm pretty sure you woke up for that. I raised my hand, and we have this chandelier thing that's about that big around, got all kinds of lights right over. That's the only light that I had on was over the dining room table. Uh, that's where I chose to study. I don't use that office I built. I use that. Uh, and so I had Renee sit down right there by me. And I said, you know, wasn't that amazing last night? You did wake up for that. I said, we got the light show. And I raised my hand like this right up towards that chandelier. And that thing, I don't know if you know the, I know Paul's very aware of, you know, you put sometimes a dimmer with LED lights and they will start to, start to flicker. Well, that's the only time that that did that today, this morning. I put my hand up there, I said, got this amazing light show, and my hand is right under the chandelier, and that thing started to go, <laughs> started flickering, it's like, oh my word, and she looked at that, and she just started giggling. <laughs> got up, did a little lap, and then came back and sat down again. I said, and then, and then I told her a little bit more, I said, then after the light show, and I put my hand up like that, and it flickered again. I was like, okay, I don't need any more confirmation. I, and she just went away laughing. It's like, oh my goodness, isn't he good? It's like, wow. It's like, okay, for those of you that have now read through the Gospels, you know absolutely the story about John the Baptist, why he came, when he came, how he came. You, you've been through the Gospels four times now. It's so cool to see when you read just right straight on through the different viewpoints that the different people had as they say, oh, wow, he tells that story a little different. Or, oh, he didn't even notice that. He left that out. And that was such an amazing thing. I just think it's, it's great to end up reading through. It's wonderful to do Bible studies and, you know, grab a chapter and really, really read, really study and tear it apart. But... It's awesome sometimes just to read all of the way through and it, because you see, oh, man. Well, Luke saw, Mark said, and, and the difference even in their personalities. Like, let my wife tell you a story and then let me tell you a story. And say, were they really at the same place? <laughs> okay, I want you to turn with me just, just briefly to Mark. Mark's the one who keeps it concise, simple. Chapter 1. I'm going to read 11 verses in chapter 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. John's baptism was about repentance for the remission of sins. And all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with? Holy Spirit. He will baptize you with? Holy Spirit. 
Yes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. One translation, in one of the Gospels, it says, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. So John came preparing the way of Jesus, for Jesus, being baptized for the remission of your sins. We got it? He came preparing the way. You know, that's one of the callings that we have on our lives now, is as disciples, preparing the way of the living Lord next round. Second trip. That's our call. Okay, I, I want to, uh, let's just fast forward now to you know, a lot that I want to accomplish this morning, a lot that I want to see him accomplish this morning, so a lot of words they need to get spoken out here. Uh, we're going to move to Luke 24, Luke 24, 45 through 51. Are we there? Beginning with verse 45. And he, he meaning Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to him, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, meaning in my name, in the name of Jesus, to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, everybody say behold. behold. It means pay attention, look. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Endued with power from on high when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. To be a successful, empowered Disciple, fulfilling the calling on your life, you need the power of the infilling, the indoing of the Holy Spirit. Yes, more amens right there would be great. Amen. I want to move to uh, John's, John's doing speaking. Jesus makes, I just want to make a few really clear statements that there are some scriptures that make it really clear about Jesus, Jesus living. You know, Jesus came to be that sacrifice, that sacrificial lamb. And I, 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 think, I think about Colossians 2.9 that says, he was the complete embodiment of the Holy Spirit, of the Father, the Son. He, was the, he embodied everything in the flesh. Perfectly, perfectly. Jesus was, was the embodiment. And I was thinking, why did Jesus need, I mean, I've sat in on a couple of these discussions, why did Jesus need to be baptized? It's like, why did Jesus need to be baptized? So interesting to me that he was our living example on earth. In Romans it says, the firstborn of many brethren. 
Firstborn of many brothers and sisters, Jesus, Jesus was. So he's the, our, our living example. He was fully God. Here's how I think of this. Here's how I picture this in my mind. So don't call me crazy or don't say that I'm too far out there. But I believe that the blood of Jesus carried the DNA and the spirit of Jesus had the DNA of God. The blood and the spirit. But the flesh was like from his mother's side that he ended up walking in a body of flesh, experiencing things in a body of flesh, and had to sacrifice that body of flesh and die to be the sacrifice for our sins. But his blood was very, very special. His blood wasn't like the blood of goats. His blood was not like the blood of, of even martyrs. His blood was something very special, wouldn't you say? Yes. By his blood we're cleansed. By his blood we are empowered. By his blood, the stripes on his back and the blood that he bled, we're healed. This is some incredible special blood that was shed for us. So it was necessary that he walk it out in the flesh and that he sacrifice and die in the flesh so we could experience all the goodness in the spirit and the cleansing, renewal, and healing from the shedding of his blood. We good? So why was Jesus baptized? We go back to why Jesus was baptized. The Spirit of God came down on him, descending on, on him like a dove that he got to experience. The people around him, including John the Baptist who baptized him, got to experience, got to see. And I believe that the flesh in him, he already had the Spirit of God. He had the DNA of God. But I believe that the flesh was baptized in the Holy Spirit strengthened and empowered to do and accomplish. He didn't do, any, he didn't do any miraculous things before that. He wasn't tested by the devil, sent to the wilderness to be tested by the devil before that. Does this not make sense to you? I believe it. I feel like I got that revelation. Uh, so, he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. He's that example for us. He, <laughs> we can, will, and do have the Spirit of God living in us. We just need to be endued with power from on high to do and accomplish what He's called us to do. I think I was talking on Bar with Barb on the phone this morning for a little while, and I said, you know, we, we have, we have, when we believe, it says when we believe, we have that promised gift. We have the Spirit of God living in us. We don't need any more of it. We have it. I think Paul talks to, to Timothy and says, stir up that gift that when they laid hands on you, stir up that gift within you. It reminds me of, I was just talking with Barb early this morning, and it reminds me of an Alka-Seltzer. If you were to, to take an Alka-Seltzer, when, when you drop an Alka-Seltzer, in water and watch it, then it fizzes up and it fills that glass with, with crazy stuff. Just, just, just like, we have that 
spirit in us, but sometimes it has to be activated, it has to be renewed, has to be regenerated, like there it is, but it's only that big right now. We need to take a big drink of living water to get that stirred up in us, which sometimes seems like a, re a refilling. Refilling already there, but it needs to be stirred up, it needs the effervescence of the Spirit, so, okay. John 7, 37, 39. John 7, 37, 39. On that last day, the great day of the feast, uh, they were at the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, not going to have time to build very much foundation for these. So, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And then Jesus says, I got to go. I got to go that he will come. Instead of going through the rest of these, these scriptures, I'm just going to hit some high spots here. Jesus said, you know, I got more to tell you. I got a lot more that I would like to teach you, that I need to teach you, but I have to go that he comes, and you're going to be better off when he comes, this Holy Spirit. I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to be your advocate with the Father. Anything you ask in my name, it'll be granted to you. Because I'm sending the Holy Spirit who's going to teach you more about me, the things that I don't have time to share with you because i got to go. Holy Spirit's going to teach you. You need to be empowered. He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to give you power, strength. He's going to tell you about things to come. He's going to give you prophetic words, teaching you about things to come. Yeah, nevertheless, uh, verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. If I depart, I will send him to you. Yeah, I still have many things that I'd like to tell you. Verse 12, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. What's the Holy Spirit's purpose? Is to glorify Jesus. To teach us more and more about Jesus. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So we will be empowered. We will be enlightened. We will be taught. He will be a counselor. He will be our guide. That's what Holy Spirit is to us. Okay. Looking at the clock, looking at my notes. Where... Uh, 
Yes, let's turn to uh, Acts 1. Acts 1, New King James Version. Uh, Luke speaking, the, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until that day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he had visited several times. The apostles had seen him. Several people had seen him. And being assembled together... This is about the apostles being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Skip down, says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. He was resurrected. He was received. He was glorified. So Holy Spirit's coming. Acts 2. Tim was reading part, Pastor Tim was reading part of that this morning. Now, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Everybody say, fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. One accord, one heart, one mindset, all desiring the same thing. You know, they had been fearful. They had been skittish. They had been running around. They were even halfway into hiding because of all of the things, the persecution that was happening. So, and, and they had just lost Jesus. So even though they've heard all of this stuff, they, they were just a little, a little nervous. But suddenly came. They were all in one place, in one accord, the day of Pentecost in an upper room. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the whole house, just like my house, where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were a bunch of men, there were people from, uh, celebrate, there was a big celebration uh, Going, a Jewish celebration happening. You don't have time to go into that. Many, 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 many people from many parts gathered together, and each of them heard him speaking in their own language as he had given them other tongues when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter came out, and he gave this amazing sermon where 3,000 people were baptized. We're going to slip down to, therefore being... This Jesus God has raised up. This is verse 32, 33, and 34 of chapter 2. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we were all witnesses. In other words, they've all seen this happen. God, ra Jesus, God raising Jesus up. Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the, the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured this out, which you now see and hear.
Then Peter, after, after preaching all this, then Peter said to him, they said, what do we need to do? We're, we're, we're bought in. We believe. What do we need to do? He says, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God should call. What's the difference between a reward and a gift? A reward is something that you've earned. You receive because you've earned. We're talking about the Holy Spirit is a gift. Shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A gift is something that you didn't earn. A gift is something that has been given to you. Now, receiving and understanding that I received that Holy Spirit, I don't know if, I, if it was unworthiness, if it was a little bit of pride. I don't know what it was that held me back so long of being able to receive and to speak in tongues. It's like, what in the world? I remember getting to the point that it's like it, it just felt like it was nothing but pressure trying to receive and trying to speak in tongues. So it's like, that's just not for me. I guess it's just not for me because, you know, because of a combination of things. I, I, I felt like there was pressure, pressure. Anytime that um, a certain prophet guy would come around, it's like, Oh boy, I'm going to get called up here again. He's going to lay hands on me and I'm going to be expected to speak in tongues and it ain't happening again, I'm sure. But, but, and I say but, I received the Holy Spirit a long time before I spoke in tongues. And I began to realize that when people say the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in your life. We see that. We, we, we see that. So one day when I finally gave up on trying to receive that and trying to speak in tongues, I was driving down the freeway and my little white S10 and those crazy words started coming out of my mouth, driving down the freeway, just worshiping the Lord. It's like, oh my goodness. There was nothing hard about that. It just took me 13 years. So God has that gift, and He wants to pour that gift out this morning. He wants to pour that gift out on you. It's for you. It's promised. It's for your children and your children's children. <laughs> okay, I want, to, I want to just read one more. We're going to go to one more, and then I'm going to ask for some help up here. Um, I ask for the for the worship team to come, for Christy and the worship team to come. I've spoken to uh, Pastor Rich, Pastor Rodson, Jerry Wilson, uh, Barb. Anyone that I've spoken to, if you would begin to make your way up here, um, I'm going to go to fast forward to Acts four. See, Peter, Peter was that, talk about somebody who, who should have been deemed unworthy, at least in his own mind, if no one else is. The guy who, who said, told Jesus, I will never leave you, I will never leave you, I will never leave you. Not only was he one of the first ones to scatter and to leave, 
He denied that he even knew Jesus three times. Yet, he was the rock. Peter the rock. He is the one that when he, that was before Holy Spirit, he's the one that when he was empowered with and by and through and in the Holy Spirit, had 3,000 conversions in one message. Yeah, it makes a difference when the Holy Spirit, when you're empowered, endued with power from on high, when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And I believe this morning that this is, this is, this is what my, my confirmation was sign after sign after sign. It's like this morning we're going to spend some time praying together. And we're going to pray that Holy Spirit come, that he embolden, that he empower each and every one of us. And it's all we have to do is trust, believe, and receive that gift that he has for us. You want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk out everything he's calling you to do? It's available for you today. There's no pressure about speaking in tongues. I'd say it's available. Okay, if we turn to Acts uh, 4.8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to some rulers. Now, I do need to build a little bit of foundation for this. Uh, Peter and John, I think it was Peter and John, had just done, had done a miracle. And a, a man who had been lame from from birth is now 40 years old they stood him up and he, he was healed completely healed now that caused an incredible ruckus because they were preaching about Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and when they preached all that well that just stirred up this, the Pharisees and Sadducees and, and, and they said you need to knock this off but and started to chastise they started grabbing him uh, by what power what name have you done this they asked Peter then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to him rulers of the people and elders of Israel if we this day are judged for a good deed to a helpless man by what means he has been made well let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and realized they'd been with Jesus. It's all about the presence of Jesus and getting into that presence and being with him and spending time with him. And people see that in you. They realize they've been with Jesus. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. They commanded him, knock it off, quit speaking, quit talking or teaching about anything in the name of Jesus. Peter jumped up again. Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. 
We cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what, they had, for what had been done. For that man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Now they gathered together. They, ran, they went back, they gathered together. This is the apostles gathering together. When we slip down to, to uh, I'm just going to keep reading. And being let go, so, so they, let, they, let, they let Peter and John go, went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to him. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? We look at, look at where our nation is at today. Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And it seems today that it's against his church. There is so much happening that is directed at the church. So it seems like this, just shortly after the day of Pentecost, is much like we get to see right now today. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. It's like, okay, it was God's plan for Jesus to die. That's what this is saying right here. Now, Lord, they've all gathered together once again. They've gathered together. Now, Lord, look on their threats, these threats that are being made against them, and grant to your servants, to your apostles, to all that are gathered here. And I just say this as our prayer this morning. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants, us, everybody say us, that with all boldness, well, that wasn't very bold, that with all boldness, that we may speak your word, and you, by stretching out, your hand, your hand to heal, to heal. And, that and that signs and wonders may be done, may be done. Through, the through the name of your holy servant, holy servant. Jesus, Jesus through us through us everybody through us, through us. let it be done through us when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Boldness. <sighs> Let's stand together please. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us for our Sunday service. What an amazing message from Pastor Lynn. 
on the power of the Holy Spirit. After our message, we went into a time of ministry that was beautiful and powerful. We saw people healed, experiencing the power and the presence of God, people being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we believe that God wants to do the same for you right where you're at. So I encourage you right now to pray, begin to lean into what the Lord has. Say, Holy Spirit, come do whatever you want to do. And we believe he's going to meet you in power. So I pray that the Lord would bless you, that he would fill you and meet you right where you are at. In Jesus' name.